The scripture for this morning is Romans 8, 28, chosen by Drew. It's very short but very powerful uh, related to what he's going to talk about today. For those of you who want to open the Bibles or else it's up on the screen. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. These are the words of the Lord. Pastor Joe taught us in our Wild at Heart class, they, we learned about the blessing of the Father. And, and um, you know, it says in Scripture, we've all heard the, the Scripture that says, the sins of the Father are passed on for third and fourth generation, but we never hear about the, what the Scripture that says the blessings of the Father and the parents are passed on for a thousand generations. So Drew's asked us to Pray a blessing over me before we start. So, Lord, we just ask you to bless Drew. Father, continue to, continue to show him how much you love him. Jesus, continue your wonderful healing in his life, your physical healing, your spiritual healing, your emotional healing. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to bless Drew with wisdom Give him the right words to say so that his message can be a blessing to all and that he can be a part of blessing a thousand generations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be up here, have this opportunity to talk to you guys and I, uh, I want to thank uh, Christine for the awesome introduction, and I was, I was going to start out by asking you guys for some kind of audible response, because I'm blind, I, I want to make sure I'm not speaking to empty room, but <laughs> I, I think that's been taken care of uh, already quite a bit, so... Uh, so <clears throat> Also, many people ask me, does it make it easier to speak to large groups of people since you're blind? And yes and no. In a way, it does, but in a way, it's kind of the unknown. I mean, how do I know that you guys aren't making these crazy faces at me (laughs) or that someone didn't just walk in the back door and just give me the finger right now? I mean, I have no idea, so it's kind of... It's kind of the unknown, you know, it's, it, it works both ways. So, many of you guys know me. I've been at this church for like 25 years, but many of you don't know me. So, I'm going to start out telling you a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in, in the, this church, actually. My parents have been, are awesome, They've raised me in the, as a Christian in this church, and I went to um, vacation Bible school and Sunday school all through the years, and I've, I've just, always, I just love it, and 
when I was 11 and a half, and it was back in 1998, it was just a normal day, I was very fortunate to be sick that day, and I got to miss, to miss school. And I stayed home, I had borrowed my parents' TV, in my room, just relaxing, watching TV, and, you know, it couldn't be a better day, no school. So that night, I went to bed, I still had a little bit of a fever, and my dad came to check on me in the middle of the night, just to make sure, you know, I was okay, and found me unresponsive, clammy, and rushed, my parents rushed me to the hospital. And they did a spinal tap on me and diagnosed, with me, uh, diagnosed me with bacterial meningitis. And after about, uh, I, was in, <clears throat> I, went, I was in a coma at that time, so I don't remember any of this, but I would have been told. And after about two weeks, uh, being in the coma, the doctors called my parents into a meeting and told them that it was most likely that, that, that I would die in the coma. And if I did live, if I did survive, that I'd be a vegetable, you know, on a feeding tube for the rest of my life. So I was in a coma for a total of three months. And at the end of the three months is when I... Yeah, I just I started to recover. The doctor said I, you know, I was gonna was going to was gonna go into kidney failure, and my body started working by its, on its own again, and I slowly recovered. And waking up from a coma is not quite like you see in movies, or <laughs> or I just I just jumped out of bed and said. Hey, I missed you for the last three months. What's been going on? What did I miss? No, it was, it was kind of, it was like coming out of a deep, deep fog. And I, I woke up, and I had no clue what was going on. I, I was visualizing my bedroom, so I didn't even know. I was so delusional at the beginning. I didn't, I didn't even know I was blind. And my parents and the nurses were all trying to, gently tell me what's going on, and, and here I am, visualizing my room, I think I'm just waking up the next day, I'm, I got all mad, I'm like, don't tell me in the hospital, I'm not in the hospital, and I don't remember this, but according to my sister, Chelsea, who's a couple of years younger than me, I, I came up with a few nice streams of some very colorful four-letter words, that must have been coming from my subconscious because it's not something I, I ever uttered in my, you know, aloud in my life before. So, but luckily, I wasn't in my right mind, so I was forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> so the next, next couple of months, I, I was in the hospital just recovering. And psychologically, emotionally, I mean, physically, I was... So I went into the hospital, uh, you know, a healthy, healthy kid, played sports and everything. I was five feet tall. I weighed, I weighed about 115 pounds. And when I woke up from the coma, I had somehow grown five inches while I was in the coma. So I was five foot five and weighed 93 pounds. So it's not a very good uh, 
uh, I had lost a bunch of weight, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was mostly in muscle, and I was skin and bone. So these two months, I had physical therapy, but the biggest thing was I was so frustrated, and I I didn't know what to think. I mean, I had gone. I had woken up for a three-month coma. I just totally had no idea what was going on. And I was praying about it to God, but I was, I was also angry at God. I, what's, what's going on? What, what happened? I mean, how come this happened to me? I, I couldn't see. I was totally blind. I had, a, I had a hearing loss. I was really scared. I was totally confined to my bed. I was so weak. I, I could, couldn't even really sit up myself. And so that, I mean, there was nights where I just cried myself to sleep. And I, during the night, God was was there with me the whole time. He would bless me. He blessed me through the night, and I wake up with renewed spirit. And just, just, you know, I I didn't know what what God had in store for me, what, what he had planned for me. But I just knew he wanted me to keep going. I wasn't going to give up. And during the time when I was in coma and the whole time I was in the hospital, I had people, thousands and thousands of people praying for me. We had prayer vigils here at church. And people all over, I mean, people all over the world that I didn't even know praying for me. And support that that our friends and family gave to my parents and my brother and sister with childcare, meals. It's just such a blessing. You know, it's just so incredible, so faithful. And when, when I was in the hospital for two months after I woke up out of the coma, when I, when I finally came home, uh, in, it was in July, I came home and I brought one of those fancy hospital beds with me, you know, they went up and down, up and down, so I didn't have to do anything, I, I guess I, I really couldn't do anything, but, uh, so that was great, and for my whole seventh grade year, the whole next year, I had a homeschooling, because I was, wasn't, I mean, I, the only time I really left the house that much was to go to physical therapy, and I had my classes where, you know, just at my kitchen table, or if I was really not feeling good, I'd, I had in bed. I started learning Braille, and during this time, I still was still struggling. What is, what is God's plan for me? What, you know, I, I would pray about it, pray about it at night, and things, same things would keep happening. And as the verse that my mom read, Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called by him according to his purpose for them. That is my favorite verse through, at this time, you know, starting in seventh grade, I was in confirmation. And that was my confirmation verse. And it's still my favorite verse. Uh, one of the only ones I have memorized. <laughs> I... I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> but so confirmation was awesome. I mean, not only you know was it hardcore learning 
learning about God, you know, Jesus and what he's done in the Bible and along with you know, sharpening 10,000 pencils for my service hours, <laughs> I, I just grew in my faith so much and uh, had so many, so many people just were there for me. But so that, that was seventh grade and then eighth grade, I was strong enough through physical therapy and just frustrating, frustrating hard work I was, I got strong, I was strong enough to graduate from my wheelchair and go back to the campus with, which was huge, just to be back in normal classes, back with my friends, and it was huge, exciting, but it was also, it, it also, you know, it was devastating at times just to see my friends that, you know, could still see and could still do all these things, run around, sports. You know, I was, I was still getting used to that. And it was also, I was, you know, I felt a little socially isolated even though I was back at school. I wasn't able to go seek out my friends at lunchtime or seek them out. And unless they came to me, it, you know, I, I didn't get to see them. And that was something I prayed about in I broke down sometimes just asking God to, you know, what, what do you want me to do? And, you know, I got angry sometimes. What, you know, why is this so hard? And what is, what is your plan for me? And he has spoken to me so many times, just even if it's not, you know, audible, spoken to me words, just in the actions, putting people into my lives into my life, or communicating what, what he wants me to do. And when I, I graduated eighth grade, and it was a struggle with, you know, the Braille, but I actually, I did really well in my academic classes and really surprised myself. And he put so many people into my lives. I had an aide in eighth grade that I've lost contact with, but was just incredible in terms of instrumental in accessing all my classes and doing so well. And graduating from eighth, gra- eighth grade was a huge accomplishment for me, for me just that I, could, that I could do it, that I was still able to accomplish normal things, normal, I guess, sense of normalcy. And... Uh, on to high school, which I was both excited about but very, very apprehensive because my brother was already there and I knew it was a marina high school in, you know, in Huntington Beach, real close to here. It's 2,500 students. It's a huge school. And so I, when I started there, I was, you know, my first, my freshman year, my academic classes, I did well. But I struggled, I mean, it was the same kind of magnifying, the same struggles I had just coping with my disabilities and making friends just socially because there are so many students. And lunchtime, at lunchtime, it was the same kind of thing. I, I, I would go around with, I had an aide who would 
take notes in my classes and help me, you know, get around the campus because it was torn up with construction. And they didn't know what my friends looked like, and I wasn't too much help in that area either. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think my friends have changed in, you know, five years. But so that, that, was, that was difficult. And one of the huge things in my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year, I, I had been the swimming in the ADAPT BE program. It was something I, I found that I could do, a sport that I could do, that I really enjoyed, swimming laps. And I was able, I got into the last swim meet with the swim team on, of the regular season. I, I competed, I swam the 50 free. And my claim to fame, I got my picture in the Orange County Register and in an article. So that, that was pretty awesome. But so from then on, my, my last couple of years of high school, I swam with the swim team in the you know, 6 o'clock practices in the morning when it was like 20 below. <laughs> and that, 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 was, that was pretty fun. I mean, it's kind of like... Sweatshirts, sweatpants, like million layers, you, and you just they sprint from the locker room to the pool. But besides that, it was just a sense of being a part of something, being part of something normal with the swim team. I made friends on the swim team, and I would always have. It was always fun to go to the meets because I was. I would always have. Uh, you know, people would cheer me on, and it real, was a real confidence builder that, beside my, you know, academics in high school, really, really helped, got me, got me through. And, it, and, I mean, it didn't take away all the challenges, all the, all the hardships, and, but it really, it really gave me a, a renewed, renewed sense of, of purpose and, and trust that there was, you know, there was something, something for me. And I graduated, uh, well, I graduated my senior year, and that was another huge, huge accomplishment for me. Just God had got me that far. And in high school, even more, I had, he had put so many, like the aides I had that helped me out going to classes, taking notes. Several of them I'm, I'm still in contact with. There's, you know, a couple of them are my good friends. And he put those people in my life to help me out. And they're, they're still in my life as, as, you know, they transition from just people helping me out to friends. It's such a blessing because that's, that's, you know, one of my difficulties is, is getting... Making making friends uh, socially, just because of my hearing and eyesight, it's it's not easy when I'm big crowds of people to go you know talk to someone unless you know unless I'm someone seeks me out. So when I, I graduated high school and I was so excited, I knew I was going on going to go on to college to start at junior college. But also, you know, something I was praying about so much because like, I was apprehensive. 
and it was the unknown. What's what's next for me? I'm you know kind of stepping into you know journeying blind. It's my my next my next step in my journey, but I guess I guess you can say double blind because I didn't know it was next. Plus you know my eyesight wasn't there either. So, but I started at Golden West College, and again I had some amazing people that that helped me on campus, and I always, I have to find a driver every semester to give me a ride to school. And I don't know how many semesters I would find that person, because I would put ads out uh, on Facebook or Craigslist, whatever, and I'd find that person to help me out like the week before school started. I remember one, one, uh, one semester, I had gone on a mission trip to Jamaica in January, and I hadn't found anybody. I was really nervous to give me assistance to campus, and I had been prayed about it, and even in Jamaica, and I, I got back, and I had like three phone messages from this, this gal that I'd never met before, and she ended up being the perfect person, the perfect driver to give me a ride, and now she's one of my good friends. It was, it was incredible, just totally God, God working. And so I was, I was at Golden West for three years to get my AA, and it, it was definitely a, a challenge with my accommodations and navigate, you know, getting around the campus and just day to day, but they they have a great program there, and I had so faced so many challenges, and uh, you know I had my days where I got so discouraged. I didn't know if I wanted to keep going, if I could, if if I could keep keep going, but God always seemed to renew me, give give me a purpose, give me a reason to keep going. And again, I didn't always know what the my what, what my purpose was, but it was just something that. He wanted to keep going. And everybody, I think, has a purpose and has these days, these times where they're just discouraged. They don't know what they want to do. And I, I know most of you, you know, haven't had any experiences like me as, as dramatic as that. But everybody has those days and has the lack of, of conviction or lack of clarity what God wants them to do with their lives or what they want to do with their lives, but it's just pray about it and keep your eyes on God, keep your, your faith and your eyes in the right direction, and it'll, it'll come. And it's, for me, it's come in so many different ways. I mean, people in my lives just, you know, sig- signals different ways. And Golden West College was my first step in, after Golden West College, I, I needed a break from school. I felt like I had been going to school for a million years, and <laughs> I, just, I just needed a break. So it, I guess my two choices was I take a break and do something else or win the lottery. So I, I, and obviously, I didn't win the lottery, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not at my vacation house right now. So, but, uh, so I decided... I, re- I looked around for something different to do, 
And I found this, this uh, program up in Northern California, San Francisco area. And it's a really awesome program. It's for uh, people are, who are visually impaired. And it's in, there's an apartment complex up there. The, this program, I think they have like 16 of the apartments, just this normal apartment complex. So I had my own apartment um, that, I, that I rented out. And then during the week, I had classes for adaptive technology, you know, using the computer and just different software. I had cooking classes, cleaning classes, you know, uh, transportation, how to get around myself using public transportation. And I'm learning all this stuff in my own apartment. So, like, how to cook in my own apartment. So on the weekends, I... I had to, you know, use those skills I learned. I had to cook myself. And, and during the week, too, after I learned the basics, I would, you know, cook myself meals, you know, during the week also. She lived on my own. And I was living up there for a, about a year. And when this program was, was over, I decided, because I loved it up there, but I decided I wanted to come back and finish school. So... The, and also when I was up there, I learned so much, and I think just through the, the challenges that were placed before me, uh, like, you know, sometimes I would be out taking the bus, and I'd get lost, or, and I'd get really discouraged, or something else would happen, and I just, I'd learn from it. I'd really get, you know, times I'd really get down on myself, but there's always something, some sign or something to, to lift me up, to get, to get me going again, to give me, to give me a purpose. So when I moved back home to finish school, and I started at uh, Long Beach State, and Long Beach State, you know, I said, uh, Golden West College is, is a big college, but Long Beach State, you know, like 40,000 students. <laughs> Seems like the campus is like, you know, uh, 25 miles square or something. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. But, and again, I had to, I had to find my, my own uh, transportation for, you know, to get there. So I put, I would put, I put ads out. And the same, same thing happened. I found the most amazing people to, to give me rides and to help me out on campus. And, uh, the, the, uh, what was different there is I really, I was, I'm a sociology major, so, and I was taking out my major classes, so I had some, I, I really enjoyed my, cl- my classes, and some really good professors, and it started out bumpy in terms of my accommodations, but they got their act together by, you know, by the second semester, <laughs> and... Uh, they're act together. I guess that can go. You know, I guess they got their act together. But at least I, I just graduated, so something must have gone right. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you. But one thing that was great is because it's such a huge campus and so many students, my my social isolation definitely came back more than ever trying, you know, I, I would be walking around campus with my, 
assistant or my friend who was helping me, and I'd see, I mean, I knew there was a ton of people I knew around there, but there's nothing I could do, because unless someone came up to say hi, said hi to me or whatever, there's, you know, I, I couldn't really initiate it, so I got involved with a couple clubs, a Christian club and my sociology club, and they met, each group, each club met once a week, and I really made some friends and got to know some people in those clubs in a small environment, and that was, that was really a blessing in itself, getting, getting to do that, and this last May, when I graduated, the, when I walked for the ceremony, the Disabled Students Program, I guess they do this every year, but they take, uh, you know, they have probably millions of sheets of paper, and they take it all and shred it all and put it in these huge bags. And then, of course, I'm blind, so I, uh, I, can, I can see it coming, but they, it's, it's, you know, pretty much confetti, and they just dump it on you when you're, when you're walking up to graduate. So I think it took, I think it probably took um, a half an hour f- with my sister's assistance to get all this stuff off me. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny, but it was, it, it, was, it was worth it just, you know, to go up there and uh, finally graduate. But now that I'm finished there, I'm still, you know, have... So, so many challenges, but I'm looking, looking in, in the future and what, what God has, what's God, God's call is for me, my, my purpose. And I'm, and I'm pursuing, I started writing a little bit. I have a blog, journeyingblind.blogspot.com. If you want to check it out, that I need to update, but that's beside the point. And also I've started I've started networking, uh, trying to get them to do some motivational speaking because I I think I have a lot to share and I think I can really impact so many people with my story and what I've experienced. And I'm really really excited about it and would love love prayers going towards that and because that's that's my vision for the future and we'll see we'll see what happens if. That's, that's what God has in store for me, but I see that as where he's, he's leading me right now, my purpose, and all things work together for the good, so I have faith that that's, that's going to happen wherever he leads me, and it's, it's going to be awesome. So I want to close with a prayer, and uh, dear Lord, I just thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak here, to this my congregation for it's been my congregation for 25 years it's just an awesome opportunity and thank you for Romans 8:28 giving us all a purpose lord and keep our eyes on you lord just keep our eyes in the right place our heart in the right place lord and you're going to touch all of us in a unique way lord whatever we're going through whatever we're struggling with just Keep our faith in you, Lord. You're, you're the only way to salvation, to what we really want. Just thank you for, thank you for that, and thank you for this, this time. In your precious name I pray. Amen.